Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm unfortunately not joined by my co-host, Jaron, as we have this sort of little penultimate lead-up to free agency. He was not able to be in attendance. He's on a trip for the 4th of July, so we wish him the best. But unfortunately, he he's missing a, a, a great time period. Christmas in the NBA. The Mavericks have a lot on their slate today. I believe at either 5 or 6 p.m., uh, Eastern time. I need to check exactly which one's Eastern or Central time. Uh, but free agency starts. Deals can be verbally agreed to, of course. It is the moratorium, so they can't actually have any physical contracts signed for however many days. But people can verbally agree to deals, and the Mavericks have had have been in an assortment of rumors uh, the last few days, as you guys already, of course, know. Uh, you know, sort of spearheaded, I guess, um, with the DeAndre Ayton rumor a couple days ago, uh, and then of course. The fact that Kyrie Irving is now considering taking meetings with other teams, uh, most notably as Chris Haynes reported of TNT, uh, Kyrie Irving is apparently going to be with the Phoenix Suns to uh, at the start of free agency or somewhere around that time period. Of course, they do not have any cap space to sign him, but if they could, you know, really pull through with some of the more insane cap gymnastics uh, that we've seen in you know recent history, that would probably have to involve some sort of you know, DeAndre Ayton sign and trade, you know, that could always be applicable. And there's obviously been, you know, an assortment of other rumors that we're going to get into today, but not just will we spin the rumor mill, we're also going to be covering literally almost any scenario the Mavericks could, could get into. You know, obviously last last podcast, we got a little bit more in depth into uh, specific guys that the Mavericks have been specifically rumored to target. And we'll still do that today, but this time we're going to really go over a whole overarching uh, free agency big board talk about all scenarios the the Mavericks could you know sort of sift through here uh, whether it's a guy you know that they, they could potentially only get with like the biannual exception maybe just a uh, taking a flyer on a wing uh, up to you know the potential uh, DeAndre Ayton mega trade uh, for Kyrie Irving or whatever you want to call it so uh, we'll be getting all into that today of course but before we do that on this glorious June 30th day to which the Mavericks' ultimate demise could be met here in a few hours. Here's an ad from our sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. All right, guys. So getting into it here, I got Spotrack all pulled up. So we're just going to sift through essentially almost any free agent targets that are even on the market. We'll probably gloss over a lot of names that you know I deem not applicable or you know would be too expensive or just not realistic for the Mavericks. Uh, but we'll at least mention everyone, give them our, our due diligence and, uh, you know, kind of look at different options for the Mavericks and how much we'd like them. Uh, we're kind of just going to go down the list here. But of course, before we get into everything, I do want to kind of just keep up with a little housekeeping stuff, um, some stuff that's kind of came around uh, as far as Mavericks news goes throughout the last couple of days. Um, first off, and I didn't even mention this in the intro, chief malpractice by myself, I apologize, but per Mark Stein, as reported, really kind of like last night but even more prominently today Dwight Powell is indeed expected to re-sign in Dallas now a figure of that amount was not um 
was not dished out. So we we don't know if it's the veteran minimum, the biannual exception, if the Mavericks are able to retain that or some other figure. Um, I believe the Mavericks do indeed have Powell's um, bird rights. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what that kind of ends up coming out to. Obviously, you know, Dwight Powell has been a storied Maverick since 2014, uh, a great uh, servant of the community here in Dallas, um, a great role model, veteran, locker room leader. There's a lot of inconsistencies uh, with his actual basketball game that I, I think definitely, you know, sort of sway fans the wrong way when you start, you know, considering Dwight Powell and yet another contract uh, that he may receive in Dallas. But my personal thoughts on the situation um, are that I, I honestly think for a veteran minimum, given the role Dwight, uh, you know, subsequently would would play, it, it wouldn't really be a bad idea. Uh, for him to re-sign in Dallas. Now, that being said, there have been reports uh, specifically from ESPN's Tim McMahon, uh, along with uh, just a few other sort of estimates as to how uh, the season may end up turning out for the Mavericks from guys that are you know fairly plugged in. I believe the tickets, uh, Bob Stern, um, he tweeted something around the effect that he would not be surprised if the Mavericks um, had Powell as their starting center next year, and he was getting 24 to 30 minutes a game. Things like that are definitely what concerned me, right? And, you know, I get that the rebuilding process, and I, I don't even know if I really want to call it that. It, it was a, a retool for sure that that word just kind of slipped out of my mouth, uh, given the constant NBA jargon that I take in on a daily basis. <laughs> but, um, you know, just just given that, I, I do think that for the Mavericks to delegate Dwight as the starting center in another year, he's going to turn 32 in July. Um, I, I just think it would be chief malpractice from you know a front office perspective to do that when you pushed all your chips in at the Kyrie Irving trade. I understand that you know a full retool to contention um, isn't necessarily wildly unrealistic, but is something that is very hard to pull off you know, expecting the Mavericks to be able to be, you know, true contenders after this offseason. It's not, um, you know, just as simple as a snap or, you know, clap your fingers, uh, clap your fingers. I don't even know why. So that clap your hands together and, you know, boom, the team looks really good on paper. They've addressed all their issues. There's still a lot of other variables at play and the Mavericks have to have a ton of depth if they do wish to, you know, even be, um, in the category of a contender uh, to be able to survive injuries, uh, you know, unaccounted variables that could happen throughout the season, guys not playing up to the level that we expect them, uh, fit not going the right way. So um, there are a lot of added layers there uh, in terms of, you know, achieving the path of true contention. But I do think that that's something that the Mavericks have to shoot for at the very least. I don't think that it's something uh, that they can, you know, necessarily put by the wayside and be like, okay, you know, we're, we're kind of just retooling, getting a little bit younger, kind of doing what Memphis has done the last few years where we're going to, you know, accrue a, a few assets to, to build up, uh, you know, a potential package for a star player in a couple of years. And then, you know, really hit the nail on the head when we're able to cash in some of these younger role players and, you know, then have that, um, you know, holistic, holistically complete roster um, that you know, is deep to an extent, at least at every position or, you know, has enough stars and um, role players to, um, 
you know, at least subside uh, some of the depth issues. But obviously, I, I, I just don't know if that um, is a path that they have the luxury to, to choose. They essentially gave up all their future draft assets um, that they can trade um, in the future um, at that Kyrie Irving trade. And I mean, they didn't have much to begin with, given the Chris Epps Porzingis swap and, you know, how, how stringent the Stepian rule is with their ability to not be able to trade picks in back-to-back years and stuff like that. But I mean, essentially all they have is that 2027 first round pick. And then I believe at some time over the course of the next season, or I, I guess July 1st, they'll be able to trade like a 2023 uh, second, if I don't stand corrected. Um, and then the next year, probably the 2031 first. But I mean, we're talking about picks that are, you know, way into the future first round picks that yes, are, are coveted. Uh, they're not meaningless, but you definitely have to find the right team to, you know, be willing to, you know, play the waiting game for that long, a team that is, you know, deep within the rebuilding stages um, has a, has a play that they're willing to consolidate over to the Mavericks. And that, you know, always isn't an applicable scenario. Um, But, you know, barring just that, I I do think that they have a sort of championship window to cash in here with Luka Doncic. Um, We don't know if he's going to, retain the same loyalty that Dirk did for, you know, 21 seasons in Dallas. That's something very special. And that's something that cannot be expected in the modern day NBA, just because Luca loves and enjoys Dallas. Um, You know, he, he constantly, uh, you know, raves um, on his social medias about some of the things he gets to do here. He, you know, he enjoys the city. He, you know, hashtag MFFL per se. He said that in a lot of his Instagram posts and things of that nature. But even that, um, is just not convincing enough in the modern NBA, um, given the volatility of how stars can, you know, flip on a dime, especially with, you know, years after years of turmoil and, you know, not making the you know round that you want to in the playoffs or not getting far enough. I mean, we're see- seeing that sort of domino effect trickle down with Dame Lillard now where, you know, he's sort of not, maybe not in the middle of his prime, but he- he's at the sort of mid-ish end of his prime, you know, in that kind of sweet spot you know, where he's probably got a you know a couple really good more years before we start to see his game wane off a little bit and uh, I mean in actuality I mean he is technically coming off a career season but for a, a trailblazer squad that you know wasn't even able to scratch 500 or, or even close to it I mean they fared worse than the Mavericks so we obviously don't want that you know our situation with our star player to get to that point where he's did has discontent with the front office for, you know, choosing to go younger, for instance, because they, they want to select a scoot Henderson at number three, instead of looking to trade that pick, you know, despite Dame's overt loyalty to the trailblazers. And I'm not saying that Luca, you know, is, should just be penciled in to leave or that um, he's, you know, a, a surefire candidate to, to be out of Dallas because of, you know, the franchise not going in the specific direction he wants here in a couple of years or him not feeling like he has enough help. Um, he does place heavy expectations on himself, expects a lot of it out of himself. Um, and it's not a guy that complains about um, roster management or anything like that. Um, but years of losing can definitely take a toll on an individual, especially as uber competitive as, you know, Doncic is. So it, it's something that the Mavericks can't screw around with as, as young and as much potential as this guy has at only 24, um, you know, being the franchise cornerstone, hopefully for years to come, they have to try to be competitive every year unless push comes to shove and, you know, Kyrie Irving leaves this summer and they can somehow convince Luca 
upon, you know, retooling even heavier, getting a little bit younger uh, to really reach true contention in a couple of years with Kyrie Irving, having made that move with Kyrie Irving being 31, uh, their push or chips, you know, or their chips are pushed in uh, to the absolute brim. And, you know, if, if Kyrie Irving is to return, uh, they are going to have to to cash in on that contract. So with the Dwight Powell scenario, I, I just don't think defensively he gives you the best chance as a starter. Yes, he has been reliable when his number has been called upon, you know, despite injuries and other sort of weird situations at the center spot that the Mavericks have had throughout multiple of the past seasons. He always steps up to the plate, is is always a professional, is always ready, uh, despite maybe even not getting playing time at the beginning of the season. But in a, in a season like this, I, I just don't think – you know, especially given the data that we can look back at with that 2022 playoff series and how Powell is a, star, a spot starter, you know, really only playing maybe 20-ish minutes a game against the Warriors, you know, subsequently was just played off the floor by Kevon Looney, um, was almost a, an, an albatross for the Mavericks defense at times with his lack of rim protection, you know, um, the fact that he was getting out-rebounded. I mean, yes, Powell is a good offensive rebounder, but um, for whatever reason, he just doesn't positionally project um, to be the best rebounder on the court, you know, even though he does have good, good size, good upper and lower body strength as, as well as good positioning. Um, maybe a lack of verticality, uh, a lack of um, length maybe adds to that. But I mean, he, he did get worked in that playoff series. And I, I just think that when we get to the higher levels of basketball, even if the Mavericks uh, were to have, you know, multiple splashy wing defenders. I, I think rim protection could be a huge suffering point. And obviously the rebranding and rim protection uh, was probably one of the bigger points needing to be addressed at the, you know, trade deadline last year. And the Mavericks chose not to, they, they chose to kind of punt and, and see what they could do this summer, which is fine, but, but they have to cash in at this point. And all signs kind of point towards Dwight being the starting center. I, I don't know necessarily how I feel about that, you know, if the Mavericks do end up making the Rashawn Holmes trade official um, and, and Derek Lively, Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Power is the center rotation, you know, depending on how power Holmes fair, I think the Mavericks can definitely get by in the regular season. If they have the, you know, right surrounding wing defenders, they're able to really cash in on this MLE uh, with some guys that we'll talk here about momentarily, um, maybe even swing another trade with that 27 first round pick. Uh, there there could be a lot of potential for this team, even if they do keep their current center rotation. But as far as contending goes, um, I, I do think that just given the rim pressure um, that a lot of these, you know, true contenders have, you know, non one dimensional wings that can attack off a closeout, you know, uh, whenever they want, essentially, as well as, you know, most of them, uh, when you look at, you know, some of the best teams in the West, always having a, a spearhead sort of wing score or, uh, you know, point of attack ball handler that can get to the rim ad nauseum. I just do think that uh, rim protection is just too quintessential to a team's being, uh, you know, to be something that is, you know, a, a sore point of sorts. And I, I do think Derek Lively can come in in many issues. I, I don't think that he's ready to be the full-fledged starter for the whole year. I, I would hope that he could prove me wrong, but, I mean, he is a rookie and, you know, there are some intricacies of his game that he still has to get down. I think Dwight Powell can help him with a lot of that stuff and be a great locker room mentor, get him good at some of the intangible, some of the effort things that, you know, could really be beneficial to Lively's game. And I, I honestly, 
would love Dwight Powell back on a minimum contract or even like the biannual exception, something less than $5 million per year. I think he can still be serviceable. He's been a cog in the community as well as on the court, but starting, I I just can't get behind. I I'm sorry for anybody in the Dwight Powell fan club out there. I, I love him as a player, as a guy, but if he's starting for the Mavericks next season, then I, 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 they, they can still definitely be a playoff team. I just earnestly don't see the pathway to uh, even being considered a contender uh, unless the other moves they make around the margins are just so good. Um, you know, like if they were bolstering, say, the the wing defense of the Raptors and they just simply didn't have uh, a tried and true rim protector, but they, they still got, you know, a little splash of rim protection with Lively off the bench. That's a little bit different of a story, but I don't know if they're going to be able to build up a full array of wings and you know point of attack defenders as well uh, to be able to do that just in one off season so there are some guys that we'll talk about that could you know definitely be solutions to the rim protection um situation will the mavericks still consider that i don't know mark stein said that the mavericks of course could resurface with a deandre ayton you know trade so we're just gonna have to kind of see how things culminate over the next 24 hours if those talks end up um, you know, being discussed further after Phoenix initially shut them down after the Mavericks unwillingness to include JaVale McGee um, in a potential trade for DeAndre Ayton that would have featured JaVale McGee, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes for DeAndre Ayton. We'll have to see what comes out and how everything um, sort of evolves over the course uh, in the, uh, you know, the next few hours, but also the next few days because free agency um you know, while the the big wave of news will definitely likely come at the beginning, uh, I do think that we will see um, a lot of rumors, a lot of news still um, come after that, you know, July 1st, um, you know, genesis of the, the free agency period. So we're going to have to monitor it going forward. Um, but this Dwight Powell situation is something to be concerned about as a mass fan, in my opinion, and, and especially from my perspective. And um, to also kind of pitch back to yesterday, the Mavericks almost had, it appears, another center on their hands after Mark Stein has now reported that um, it, there seems to be a sort of comfortability with the, the current center rotation. Um, I, I, you know, he didn't say that exactly, but that's kind of what it seems like reading through the tea leaves. Um, but Andre Drummond, who ironically was actually on Theo Penson's podcast um, I'm title league podcast almost whiffed on that one for a second, a couple weeks ago. And they were talking, uh, between themselves, uh, you know, about how Dallas was and Theo was gassing up Dallas to Andre and, you know, Andre Drummond apparently is poised, at least in his mind, uh, to want to become a Dallas Maverick. Now it doesn't seem like that's going to be able to come into fruition because I don't think Andre Drummond wanted to sign for the minimum. So yesterday he shockingly, exercised his player option to to make around three million this next season um you know with the bulls now they they can still definitely trade him but you know it, the the pathway to doing that is probably one where the mavericks would you know having would have to add more salary um you know to the deal as well as chicago from both sides to make that work i know the mavericks have a little of out, you know outstanding money to still absorb for a trade exception I know it's around like three ish million. So I would have to run the numbers to see if Drummond fits into that. But I mean, I guess that could maybe be an option. Um, but is that worth even taking that contract back at that point? I don't know. Uh, it, it almost seemed as if, you know, had, you know, Drummond declined 
his player option. The Mavericks could have then claimed him off there for the minimum contract or something of that nature. Um, but that doesn't seem like that's going to be a situation that uh, comes into fruition per sign, uh, per, you know, Mark Stein. Uh, he said in his substack, his substack that um, that the pathway to that, despite that being, you know, Drummond's preference uh, just seems, you know, to be too erratic, um, a little bit too many moving parts there. So we'll see what happens with that situation. I know a lot of Mavericks fans were like blowing their heads off to start the day, um, almost myself included to an extent. Um, the only thing I think that was really saving me from, you know, going ballistic once I saw the Andre Andre Drummond likely to, you know, become a Dallas Maverick report yesterday uh, was probably just a saving grace that they didn't guarantee him a starting spot like they did with JaVale McGee last year. And I didn't know if they still had other things in the tank or if they would consolidate other big men elsewhere. But I mean, the Mavericks still clearly do have a logjam at big man. They still have JaVale McGee, Rashawn Holmes, if the trade is made official, um, Derek Lively, Maxi Kleber, and, you know, per reports, probably Dwight Powell. So that's going to be an interesting situation to, to monitor within itself um, to see, you know, if the Mavericks are really going to training camp with five big men. I mean, I, I obviously – it has been reported that they are trying to get off of JaVale McGee's contract. They don't um, necessarily, you know, see him in their future. I maybe thought that, you know, they would let kind of let, let Powell walk. And if they could find a deal for Maxi, maybe bring in a different big man, they would keep, yeah. you know, um, JaVale as a tertiary sort of reserve big, um, you know, given he's been in, all, in a lot of Dallas Mavericks Instagram posts, has been like doing all these hoop camps and stuff has been posted up in, in Mavericks gear still. Um, but you know, that obviously doesn't mean too much in the big picture of things, but you know, it's fun to read into the tea leaves and, uh, see what sort of hints or clues, uh, could actually end up being credible at the end of the day. So I would expect JaVale McGee to get moved in some sort of capacity, whether that just be a salary dump. Uh, so the Mavericks have the flexibility to sign Kyrie Irving to a, uh, you know, lucrative deal to where they can still retain their MLE as well. Or, you know, they somehow pull off that DeAndre Ayton trade and involve a, you know, fourth team or something like that. Or, you know, maybe the the Suns ha have a new sort of gauge of Ayton's value and are just a little more willing and uh, able to to move on from him. But as of right now, it, it seems as if JaVale, if he is traded, um, would be in some sort of salary dump-esque type of move. I, I haven't heard anything as far as bigger rumors go. Um you know, a trade that he would be involved in barring uh, what we heard reported by Stein with that, that DeAndre Ayton deal that obviously the framework sort of um, fell apart on. So uh, obviously, you know, JaVale definitely did not perform up to expectations after being guaranteed the Mavericks starting center spot last year and um, suffered pretty heavily defensively, um, you know, from his slow reaction, didn't really fit as seamlessly or as, uh, you know, savvy as a veteran center of his status who, you know, we kind of thought, you know, as athletic as he still is, even at, you know, age 35 or whatever, um, you know, could at least give you 15, 20 serviceable minutes along with Christian Wood. Um, it just didn't end up happening. And Christian Wood, I think it goes without saying, but it's been reported by multiple Mavericks reporters and insiders that he is likely not coming back. He, he'll go somewhere in free agency, maybe Miami, you know, some team that absorbs him into cap space, creates cap space for him, something like that. Maybe he gets the MLE from another team. I don't know exactly what his market value is, but uh, needless to say, after, you know, the whole front office, you know, coach, 
um, Christian would disconnect um, between all three parties in that instance, um, as well as, you know, the player profile that me and Jaron did um, maybe a month or so ago back when we were still hashing out our player profiles before the draft and uh, before the offseason had really, uh, you know, kicked off, um, you know, with gasoline and uh, really got hummy as it has the last few days. Uh, it, it just became, you know, more, you know, clearly evident that Christian Wood um, would not return to Dallas, you know, given some of the behaviors he's displayed on his social media, uh, just as well as on, you know, how, how unhappy he was with his role last year and how he played with the Mavericks last year and the inconsistent minute flow he sort of had with head coach Jason Kidd. We talked a lot more about that situation on that podcast and our thoughts about the Mavericks mismanagement of it, but it's not something we're going to be divulging into today. You know, the Mavericks do have an opportunity to reconstruct their roster in a better way. I don't necessarily think that Christian Wood has to fit into those plans to do that. He He's not a, a guy that I'm looking at, you know, that's going to leave Dallas and go tear it up somewhere and we'll be regretting this. Now he very well could do that, um, especially given our luck uh, with lots of players uh, that end up leaving the Mavericks. And I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised, but, you know, given the current status and the track record of his game, really since his career started, I do think that the Mavericks can find a better fit for them uh, at that center position. Um, so not too much of a pressing matter, but that was the sort of housekeeping I kind of wanted to get into. You know, lastly, before we do get into all these names and stuff, we do have to do our due diligence with this Kyrie Irving situation where all of a sudden, you know, after being reported by Adrian Wojnarowski that he was essentially almost slated to come back to the Mavericks um, with not, you know, a real market out there for him. It appears with that Kyrie and his camp are um, trying to create a market. Now the Mavericks traded for Kyrie. If he is to leave, then nobody is to blame, but them. I'm not blaming Kyrie for leaving the Mavericks. Now it would suck. And I, I would be obviously very angry. Um, it, it would be a very somber affair on the mainstream mouse podcast tomorrow. If uh, you know, Kyrie Irving is, in heavy talks to somehow, um, you know, will his way to Phoenix and um, some sort of, you know, absolutely crazily structured three team sign and trade with DeAndre Ayton going to Dallas or somehow Kyrie goes to Philly or something of that nature. But, you know, I, I would say that I'm operating on the, you know, sort of cautious optimistic side right now. Adrian Wojnarowski, along with many others, have still said that Kyrie, um, you know, is likely to return to Dallas and that the market for other teams out there is just kind of hard to find. And whatever contract he gets, Kyrie would kind of like for this to be where he plays out the rest of his career. So I would assume it would be a bigger contract, you know, somewhere where, you know, he, he's probably going to be like 34, 35 at the end of it, you know, a potential three, four year, pretty lucrative deal here. Um, now, I it has been reported that the Mavericks are going to try and not necessarily lowball Ky Kyrie, but um, they're going to try to get him on the best figure, um, not not trying to, to potentially pay him max money if the market doesn't necessarily command that because there are not a lot of free agent suitors um, as of right now that have the cap space to sign correctly uh, to sign to sign, you know, Kyrie Irving outright, especially the Phoenix Suns, the only, you know, real potential suitor that has had uh, or that is getting a meeting with Kyrie. As far as we know, now there have been like things tossed out, you know, mainly just kind of fanfare. Um, in terms of maybe Kyrie getting trade in a sign and trade, you know, going to Philly or Miami, but I, I don't, I'm not reading too much into those because 
there's not really too many credence to any of those rumors, but the whole Phoenix sun situation is crazy. And um, you know, they'd obviously have to send back Deandre Ayton and something like that. And uh, I don't know necessarily if the Suns even have the wherewithal to, you know, pull that off after trading for Bradley Beal, you know, having almost, you know, depending on how Aiton's playing potentially four all-stars on a roster, but uh, Kyrie may be trying to drive up a market. We may see teams try to get tricky with the cap space, um, you know, sort of tactics that they deploy over the next uh, few hours with trades and stuff. So, I mean, we got to stay tuned. Um, As surefire as it may have seemed like 48 hours ago, you never know with this type of stuff. I'm confident in Nico's ability um, given what he was able to do on draft night. But obviously the Mavericks uh, are, are still suffering um, from PTSD wounds from that Jalen Brunson situation last year. So um, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see exactly what happens because this could make or break the offseason. This could also make or break, you know, other potential players that are considering coming to Dallas, like maybe a Bruce Brown who played with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Maybe that's the deciding factor between him and in L.A. I mean, while it is heavily rumored that he would probably, you know, resign in Denver, run it back with them or go to like the Lakers or something like that, or even the Pacers who have created an, an abundance of cap space over the last, maybe, I don't know, like 12 hours. Um, you know, there, there are certain swing factors when you have a guy like Nico Harrison and especially a dynamic, you know, personality like Kyrie Irving um, who, whose game is admired by lots of young players throughout the league. Um, he, he's very revered, um, you know, from, uh, a woke perspective by a lot of guys even if you know people in the NBA media don't necessarily agree with some of his viewpoints I'm not really talking about myself but you know a lot of others so there's a, a lot of layers of, of complexity there with Kyrie either leaving or not and with him taking other free agent meetings um, that that's enough to get me worried right uh, I'm not saying that I'm not still cautiously optimistic he'll resign but I'd be lying to say that there's hesitancy until, you know, pen is brought to paper. So that's going to be huge. And seeing how that situation evolves after it it almost seemed kind of surefire over maybe the last 72 hours that him and the Mavericks had come to terms on a deal is, is going to be fascinating, especially if the Mavericks can tie him down uh, on a more favorable figure, maybe like a, you know, four for 160 type of contract or something slightly above that. Um, maybe not the max where they would be essentially almost paying him 60 million if they uh, structured that deal to be ascending uh, as the salary cap with the TV deals and stuff rise year after year. Um, Kyrie could make almost 60 million in the last year of a potential max contract. I, I don't know if the Mavericks are ready to commit to that, especially as old as he might be at the end of the contract, but something near that, I, I think I would definitely be keen to and would be applicable. But if the last option is to tie him down with that max contract, I, I just don't think, given the sign-in trades out there, unless the Mavericks could really pull something nifty off, um, you know, something that, you know, we'd be leaving the fact calling Nico Harrison one of the more god-tier GMs in recent history. Um, I, I just don't think the Mavericks can play with their food too heavily. Yes, try and wheel and deal and negotiate a little bit, but the second that there's any inclination that Kyrie does have a market from other teams, uh, the Mavericks can offer him the most money they need to swoop in. Uh, you know, tell him you know why the the culture in Dallas um, can be something where he could play out the rest of his career, where he you know whatever he wants to do off the court uh, can be a sort of separate entity from basketball. Um, and the Mavericks, you know, will work with him on the things he wants to do, but will also support him on his endeavors on the basketball court. Um, that that's going to be 
an interesting sort of dynamic that they have to uh, balance. And like I said, it, it will be a, a very fascinating development, but it is uh, essential that they get Kyrie Irving this offseason. So at this at this point, with all the rumors coming out, you know, as cautiously optimistic as I am and as much as most of the signs point towards Kyrie uh, re-signing in Dallas, they traded for him. And if he has to leave, he's he's not to blame. And, um, you know, I, I just am definitely on the edge of my seat uh, in anticipation to see how this ends up going. But without further ado, um, after an, an extremely long sort of housekeeping um you know segment of the podcast let's go ahead and get into these guys all the free agents the Mavericks could you know look into um to adding we'll also you know talk about DeAndre Ayton a little bit probably at the end of the podcast given we just did one on him but those rumors have obviously you know kind of took a back seat to some of the things that have came out in recent days we'll be going through these guys by position um to you know, divvy it up a little easier, um, make it a little easier to, um, you know, sift through these guys because there's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty co- huge conglomerate of guys on this Spotrack list right here that I'm looking at, uh, a lot of which um, I, you know, it kind of gives me uh, a bit of epilepsy just looking at the big names. Um, but once we, you know, categorize this list here, it's a lot easier to sort of look through. So, Looking at some of the free agent guards, this is obviously probably the least sort of position of need for the Mavericks, but they could still definitely use a sort of point of attack, um, you know, defender that can guard ones, twos, and, you know, even guard up on threes a little bit, you know, i.e. a Bruce Brown who has been, you know, most heavily rumored um, out of some of these guys. Obviously, the Mavericks don't necessarily need a tried and true point guard unless Kyrie Irving does leave that vacancy for them and they're not able to get back. Uh, another point guard alongside Luca in a trade, then this becomes a, you know, even, you know, more amplified uh, spot of need for the Mavericks. So I do think it's important to do our due diligence and look through all potential options. But, you know, without further ado, let's get into this list. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is a free agent. That goes without saying. Russell Westbrook is a free agent. Given some of the mark, uh, the uh, sort of comments Mark Cuban has made in the past, uh, I don't know necessarily how applicable that would be, especially with, I think, uh, a guy like Westbrook is definitely going to try to settle somewhere for maybe half of the MLB, you know, the MLE or maybe like the MLE uh, try to ride it out with, uh, you know, a, a pretty big star studded team, something like that. It, I've seen some reports that he's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, I don't think the Mavericks would bring him alongside Luca as a starter if Kyrie were to leave, nor uh, do I think that they would bring him off the bench, but I mean, you do never know. If the Mavericks have everything sorted out in free agency and the, the wing depth is at uh, is at a premium, they they get a sort of you know they they get their stopgap starting rim protector like we've all wanted that they may be punting on in favor of Dwight Powell in their current center rotation. Then hey, um, I'm open to adding a point guard to come off the bench like a Russell Westbrook, but other things need to be solved first, and that goes for a lot of these guys. I would say um, D'Angelo Russell he he's a little bit harder. I, I just don't think the Mavericks are going to have the money to be able to finagle him. He's in the camp with a couple other guys that I'll mention here momentarily that, you know, if there's still a market out there for him, if he hasn't already been claimed, if he doesn't, you know, re-sign with the Lakers, like he seems pretty poised to do after having just recently been traded there, 
then yeah, sure. Maybe he could sign with the Mavericks. If somehow Kyrie Irving just signs outright in the cap space somewhere. And the Mavericks now have an abundance of cap space, uh, almost, you know, basically a max slot waiting for them to be able to just throw at any of these guys. But as of right now, I, I don't see that, you know, being a situation that would come into fruition. Same sort of deal with Fred Van Vliet. He's heavily rumored to go to Houston unless, you know, Kyrie leaves and goes somewhere to like, like Houston where they just have an abundance of cap space. It's not a sign and trade where the Mavericks are taking any salary back. Um, you know, I, I just don't see that. Or even if it is a sign and trade, um, you know, I know that the, the whole like 50% rule in terms of, you know, the team sending out the salary or taking it back in, um, a little bit confused uh, as to the exact intricacies of that. Um, I need to touch up on my CBA knowledge a little bit. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's still the same in the second CBA, but I do have a little bit of hesitancy. So I, I want to reserve more of my sign and trade uh, sort of theorems here or potential um, deals as, you know, in the hypothesis category. Um, not, I'm not here to, you know, give you an exact deal that I, I made up in the trade machine, you know, via sign and trade that is for sure going to work more. So just talking about names and stuff, because it can be very convoluted this time of year um, uh, with how hard some of those sign and trades are to pull off and stuff. But, you know, conversely, it also is the easiest part of the year to, to pull off a sign and trade. So um, there, there is that as well. Eric Gordon is, you know, one of the, you know, he is 34 and a half, but, He's still a very serviceable point of attack uh, defender that can guard up a little bit when, when he's sort of asked to be a kind of, you know, strict sort of three and D dude that can handle the ball a little bit. I think he'd probably come off for the bench, you know, for the Mavericks. I could see him. I I could see the Mavericks after Eric Gordon uh, um, declined his player option of almost 19 million. Um, You know, I could see the Mavericks making a play for him. Maybe he wants to secure a longer term deal with a little bit less money uh, given his age. That is a situation I could see. Uh, I was surprised when he declined his player option uh, yesterday with the Clippers. So um, we'll see how that turns out. I, I haven't seen any rumors about him in Dallas, but definitely at least a name to monitor. Speaking of player options, uh, I we forgot to mention it specifically in the podcast because I feel I did kind of feel like it was a foregone conclusion. But Reggie Bullock did indeed end up picking up his um or the Mavericks ended up picking up rather Reggie Bullock's team option. Um, I think it's just a smarter play to, you know, be able to involve him at a $10 million salary figure for trades and what have you. Um, I, I just think he is a little too good, even despite, you know, some of the negatives that I harped on heavily with him last season to be a guy that gets stretched waved. And unless it's, you know, really the only sort of um, a- applicable avenue for the Mavericks to go uh, to create space to, to, you know, sign Kyrie. Uh, after the fact, I, I think they, they could do so. They could easily stretch away JaVale McGee if it really came to that. So um, I'm, I'm not too pressed on the Reggie Bullock front. He could still definitely be on the move via trade or something of that nature if the Mavericks uh, were to get a favorable scenario. But but no surprises there, in my opinion, if, you know, they, they did end up, you know, waiving that, that option and, um, you know, having a little bit more cap space, that would have been interesting. But I I don't know how easy it would have been also to you know have found uh, a surefire you know you know wing replacement with that remaining cap around 10 million dollars just not a got a lot of guys um sort of 
in that range. And look, I mean, I'm not even saying Reggie is should be a starter next year. And I, I would hope that the Mavericks can address that wing position, you know, throughout the next uh, month or so to where he doesn't, you know, become a starter next year. But I still think that they can consolidate him elsewhere in a trade and get a little bit more value, uh, whether it's getting a pit, you know, maybe a second round pick or, you know, even, you know, just getting, um, you know, taking back maybe a negative asset for him that they want to take a flyer on, something like that. Um, I, I just think there's more useful ways. So glad they did that. Um, but continuing with the list, Karis Levert from Cleveland. I mean, shot in the dark at the Mavericks address all their problems um, that they may still be looking for some tertiary ball handling. Uh, could look at a Karis Levert uh, to come off, you know, be uh, that coveted backup point guard. But I mean, I, I think, you know, given his lack of defensive presence, um, even and and just the fact that he's not near as good as even some of the other guys we mentioned so far, um, you know, maybe Russell Westbrook and him have a sort of, um, you know, contender if you're picking who's the better player head to head at this stage in their, you know, both of their respective careers. But, um, I I don't really see Karis Levert as a guy that would be coming to Dallas. I know there were some rumors last year that surfaced. Obviously, all this is dependent on what the Mavericks end up doing. Now, if like they trade Tim Hardaway Jr., that lives a leaves a sort of vacancy from a scoring perspective that you kind of have to fill. Things like this could be applicable, and maybe Karis Levert, you know, ends up coming on like part of the MLE to Dallas or something like that. But as currently stands, uh, you know, maybe he's a full MLE guy, but he did have a pretty bad season last year, so we'll see. But you know, as things currently stand, I don't see anything really getting done there. I think Malik Beasley will probably end up signing a longer term deal with the Lakers. But it'll be interesting to monitor. I don't think that it is a surefire thing. He did opt out of that player option of $15 million, so he may even want more money. Um, a, a decent defender, you know, in terms of being able to go ones and twos, definitely not, you know, a complete ball stopper. He's not like a Bruce Brown or anything like that, but um, he's, he's no slouch, and he's a pretty good volume three-point shooter. He's had sort of a down year or so ever since – you know, he kind of left Minnesota, but I do think he can get back closer to that 40% mark, especially in a system where he's playing maybe with Luca and Kyrie. I I could see him a little bit more realistically if the Mavericks are able to, you know, address some of their other issues, but I do think that they will prioritize other things before him. So it, like I said, if they are able to address some of their other issues and uh, this really does end up turning out to be the perfect offseason, I could see them circling back to him at the end if he's still available, but uh, all kind of signs point towards him joining uh, the Lakers still. Derek Rose, good backup point guard at the Mavericks are, are still looking for a little bit of tertiary ball handling. I could definitely see him being an option on a veteran minimum or something like that. Maybe just the biannual exception if they are able to retain that, uh, given this, you know, certain cap logistics they kind of have to work around. Um, that'd be interesting. I, I think he'd be a good mentor to some young guards and a lot of guys would look up to him. Uh, I think that he'd have, you know, be a very good locker room vet would provide a lot of good experience. He's actually not as old as I thought he's, about to turn 35, but he's still, you know, just about 34. He's a guy that later in free agency, I could see the Mavericks circling back to, but definitely not a day one name to come off the board. Will Barton, you know, he's a sort of two slash three um, that was one of the more, you know, sort of non one dimensional, good defensive uh, point of attack defenders um, in recent history, almost comparable to like a Bruce Brown a few years ago, but age has started to catch his number a little bit, his shooting, isn't as good as it what you know as it once was. His defense is a little less proficient, a little less dynamic. You know, he maybe have lost a step. Um, he definitely hasn't you know had the best last couple seasons. He he just got traded to the Raptors, I believe, at the deadline after 
being on the the Wizards, if I recall, or maybe he was even before that. But, you know, like I said, another guy that maybe the Mavericks circle back to at the end of free agency uh, to, to throw the biannual exception at or something like that. But I don't think he's getting, you know, big money from the Mavericks. I, I think that they need wings more, decent point of attack, you know, defender. But he he's not shifting uh, the trajectory of the Mavericks. Um, Josh Richardson, a guy that we all know and love, uh, he's he's also kind of in that category of guys Mavericks can maybe circle, circle back to at a certain juncture of free agency, but um, he is a guy that played fairly well for New Orleans. He's about to be 30. Uh, I think he could be a, a decent point of attack defender off the bench. He, I don't think he'd solve that issue completely. He's, you know, he, he has kind of improved a little bit defensively from his time in Dallas. I don't know necessarily if that's a schematic thing, um, him being able to kind of freelance, use his length to disrupt off ball a little bit more, not getting bodies bodied as much on ball. Uh, he, he's not as good of an on-ball defender as some other guys, but he's definitely no slouch. He'd be interesting, um, especially as his three-point numbers have been a little bit more consistent since his time here. But, um, you know, anytime you're bringing guys back, there's also a, another sort of, you know, added layer of complexity there. But this is the new regime, so, you know, guys like him or a Seth Curry, uh, who's about to turn 33, I could definitely see the Mavericks um, making a play for if somehow they're able to pull off, uh, you know, those higher positions of needs like a wing or a rim protector. But I, I don't know if either one of those guys are worth uh, throwing real money at over things that the Mavericks need to address more heavily. Bruce Brown Jr., obviously a guy that has been in the rumor mill for the Mavericks, has been, you know, at first reported uh, to be, uh, I, I believe, by that uh, NBA anonymous account that has been right a few times that everybody's kind of going ballistic about on Twitter um, at first um, was reported to either be considering signing with the Los Angeles Lakers or the Dallas Mavericks um, when, once free agency opens. And I mean, this guy, you know, as much as the Mavericks don't need a point of attack ball defender um, comparable to how much they need a wing and a center, not saying they don't need it, but it's just not as, uh, you know, essential to address but i mean this guy is one of the best in the league at that he can guard up a little uh he can be delegated to do some playmaking duties he would probably be you know the third playmaker um on the team for sure he's even better i'd say it than uh you know probably Jaden hardy at that definitely you know not going to see as much shot creation for him but he's dynamic in terms of his ability to get to the rim is not a bad finisher shot well from three is bringing a championship pedigree i mean there's just too many positives now with, with some of the spaces being opened up, especially by Indiana, it's seeming less and less likely like Brown uh, would consider the Mavericks, uh, you know, given that he only made the taxpayer MLE last year. And, you know, this was a career season. He's about to turn 27 here soon. He's only 26 right now. It is poised to be one of the better role players in the NBA for the next couple of years. I think he might be try, trying to cash in on a bigger deal, but I, I would love for him to come. I mean, I would definitely not be opposed uh, by any stretch of the imagination, that would be one of the more hype free agent signings, in my opinion, especially if the Mavericks are able to get another wing or two, like a Torian Prince or somebody like that, um, maybe get a stopgap starting center. I know the, that cliche stopgap term has been used ad nauseum over the last 72 hours, but I'm just kind of rolling with the Mavs Twitter wave, and I'm going to continue to use it because nobody can get out of their mouth, so I apologize to anybody that's annoyed by it, but it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, and I mean, Bruce Bound would be the dude for me. Um, in Dallas with that MLE, if the Mavericks were somehow able to pull that off, he wants to come play with Kyrie again. You know, he, he has a good relationship with Nico by chance, um, you know, bring Bruce Brown as well as Landa Rhodes and their kid to Dallas. Um, I'm ready for all the hype. Uh, they can start a reality TV show. I will personally fund it. Lamar Odom, 
uh, 2.0 situation, but hopefully, you know, Bruce Brown is poised enough to uh, not go down the same path as Lamar Odom, but prayers to Lamar Odom. And I'm, I'm glad that he's doing a lot well, um, you know, a lot better as of right now. Um, that was not, you know, meant to be any sort of knock at him or his uh, career. He's a great basketball player and I'm, I'm, you know, really happy he's on the path to recovery. Um, but obviously I, I was more so making that joke from the standpoint that, you know, once he did leave Dallas after, uh, you know, splitting up with Chloe, uh, I believe it was um, things definitely took a turn for the worse for him. So hopefully Bruce Brown would be a guy that stayed in Dallas and thus, you know, um, his lucky sort of charm uh, actually ended up panning out for him. And you know, he stayed on the right trajectory despite um, dating Lena Rhodes. Maybe they get married even. I think that that would honestly be, you know, the the ultimate wedding. I We would have to bring – uh, a full coverage of mainstream Mavs uh, reporters to to get at that because that would be uh, an event that we couldn't miss just given uh, not just the basketball history there but uh, the other the other history there I, I would be uh, I would definitely have to congratulate Bruce Brown for that um, but yeah that easily probably like my 1A guy that I want as far as guys that have been listed as realistic targets for the Mavericks or have actually been in the rumor mill if he somehow signs here you will see one happy camper on the mainstream mouse podcast. Another guy that has sort of been, you know, increasing in favoritism for me is Dante DiVincenzo, who recently declined his, uh, you know, option with golden state. I mean, look, this is a good three and D wing, um, good shooter. You know, he's able to create off the dribble for himself a little bit, pretty uber athletic. Um, I thought he may have been a little bit younger, but he just turned 26. So he'll be 26 basically throughout the entire season. I, I love his fit here. Now I don't know how, what exactly his market is it's rumored to you know be any be anywhere from like six to 12 million but potentially even higher so for the right price especially if we get out another wing i'd love this dude but um you know if he's even commanding more off the block um i i wouldn't have a problem giving the full mle to him we haven't really seen him uh in, in a you know full starting level role on a consistent basis but when we have he's he's honestly done pretty well so i would not be opposed to that lonnie walker the fourth i think he'll probably end up staying in la but he has a lot of promise as a point of attack defender and can guard up a little more than some of the guys on this list. Uh, him and Vincenzo, for that matter, kind of project more as uh, lengthier, you know, you know, sort of lean bodied kind of wings, uh, you know, comparable to to a guard label for them. So either of those guys, I'd be definitely interested in for the right price, but they're definitely not guys. I think the Mavericks should overextend themselves on. I, I don't, I would, you know, if, if they're overpaying them, then, that's going to give me a little hesitancy. Hamadou Diallo, a guy that I would definitely like to look out for. He has a lot of promise, but um, there's just, you know, he's almost 25. And, you know, while as good as he is on defense, as athletic as he is, you know, he definitely wouldn't be a starter. Uh, would be a guy that would be a solid rotation piece off the bench, but still a lot of things he needs to prove in his game. But I'd be interested to take a flyer on him for the right price. Uh, same kind of thing with Kobe White, who's only 23, but... Um, you know, he does project more as that that sort of tertiary ball handler, you know, as keen as I was to getting him last year when that was more of a position of need for the Mavericks. Uh, I, I think the Mavericks would have to address a few other things before, you know, I'm I'm really uh, knocking at the door for Kobe White. He is also a restricted free agent. I do think that the Bulls might be poised to, uh, you know, find something else for him, uh, let him walk, maybe do a a sign and trade given the sort of log jam they have there at point guard, but um, with Lonzo ball, probably going to miss yet another season. It may change the 
uh, the sort of impetus around the uh, Chicago front office. And they may end up wanting to keep Kobe White for that perspective. So, you know, I, I don't have too much more on that. Terrence Davis is another guy that I think could be applicable. Um, was a solid sort of point of attack, um, you know, guy that could could defend ones and twos, decent for Sacramento, uh, knocked in the three ball to really high clip, but didn't get the, the most amount of minutes on that uh, Kings rotation. He was a little inconsistent at times, but he lit up the Mavericks a couple times. I'd be interested in him for the right price for sure. Other guys on this list, you know, they're, they're good, but they, they've just kind of either had too many injuries uh, or maybe just a little too old or they just don't solve enough issues um, defensively for what I'm looking for. Uh, Romeo Langford's a bigger guy. I'd be interested, definitely taking a flyer on, um, but I'm not handing him a huge bag or anything like that. But I mean, other guys like just a lot of veterans that have either been injury riddled or kind of provide uh, just a different toolbox or, you know, or more kind of filler guys at the end of the roster. Kendrick Nunn, I, I just don't know if he provides enough defensively um, to really be under the roof of consideration for the Mavericks, unless it's like August and they're filling out the back half of their roster. Corey Joseph, Ish Smith, even though he did get a ring, shout out to Ish Smith. Um, George Hill. Nikhil Alexander Walker is a guy that I think the Timberwolves are probably going to make a pretty good effort to re-sign. But I mean, if he's available for the right price, I definitely like him. I also see Matisse Thibel getting re-signed um, by Portland. They have, you know, he's a restricted free agent. They have his bird rights. So, you know, he is 26. He, he'd be very interesting to try to take a flyer on, especially because of the lack of shooting. His value has depreciated quite a bit over the last couple of years, but you know, I'm definitely not saying no to Matisse Thibault as a backup wing, um, you know, as splashy of a defensive prospect he is. Uh, if his offensive game could even evolve even somewhat, I mean, that that's a pretty good player that you're looking at there. Wesley Matthews, Austin Rivers, Dennis Schroeder, I think will probably return to uh, the Lakers regardless. Nila Vadova, Raul Nito, Roddy Magruder, Javon Carter, um, that's a guy that I'd maybe look at. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is another free agent. He's only 25. Uh, him and Javon Carter, two sort of more defensive-minded guys that I think are definitely look you know worth taking uh, into consideration for sure. Um, now, when you're filling out the back half of the roster, um, especially if there there still is a little bit of positional need for a point guard there, maybe Mike Miles Jr. Or, you know, Jordan Walker don't fare how you want them to in summer league. Uh, I could see that being, you know, applicable. Damian Lee, surprisingly, is almost 31. I, I did not think he came into the league that early, but that is uh, interesting. Troy Brown Jr., a lot of, like, wings, and you know, Aaron Holiday, Josh Okoge, a lot of guys that sort of have that one-dimensionality aspect to their game, but would definitely um, be interesting. Uh, to add, you know, to see if they can develop at all, especially like a Troy Brown Jr. is only almost 24. He's still, you know, barely 23. Um, there, There's a lot of guys that the Mavericks, I'd love to take flyers on in that range, but not a lot of guys, um, you know, in terms of being a point of attack, ball defender uh, that I'm comfortable, you know, handing significant money to over higher positions of needs for the Mavericks. But in terms of guys that they could fill out with the rest of their money, I mean, we're looking at some decent options here. Um, you know, Svi Mikhailuk, good shooter, decent defender. Frank's listed here. I don't know if he'll come back, but you know, it, it's those moves around the margins, you know, like replacing a Justin Holiday, replacing a thing, uh, a Frank, where I could see the Mavs taking uh, some flyers on some of these guys. Maybe they're not going to get significant playing time, but I mean, it's worth a shot, right? So, uh, that'll be, um, interesting, but you know, 
I don't think really a lot of these guys are out of play for the Mavericks. I just think that there are more, you know, important issues on the forefront. Gabe Vincent's really interesting. Um, you know, he's maybe only six two, but he's a very good system point guard. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't think that that's a direction the Mavericks would uh, necessarily be too attuned to, unless uh, Kyrie um, is out, or you know, they've they've got everything sort of filled out. But that's interesting. Javante Green is a really good defender and has kind of been buried in the Bulls rotation. I'd be interested in him. Max Struess, obviously, you know, he's a starting level wing. Um, you know, despite his, you know, wingspan, everything, he's a pretty good, uh, defensive guy. He's only 27, just turned 27, a little younger than I thought really good shooter. Definitely would not be opposed to him. I just don't know exactly what his price range is or if the Mavericks are going to be there. Shake Milton, I could see maybe at the tail end, once things are figured out, you know, coming back to Dallas, having been an SMU guy, uh, Mavericks selected him in the draft as a matter of fact, but then shortly trade him to philadelphia i believe for like costas a few years ago so that'd be interesting um iota sumo trey jones two restricted free agent younger guys haven't been in the league too long i think both teams would match really any realistic offer sheet you know austin reeves i, I think the lakers are kind of poised to do that as well um obviously you know like i mentioned justin holiday and frank are still options but i'd hope the mavericks kind of try to improve around the margins a little bit more with some of these moves uh david duke duke jr maybe a guy I could see um, the Mavericks looking at kind of a, a promising sort of young player for the, for the Nets last year, but he, you know, he, they do have his early bird rights. He's a restricted free agent. So we'll see there. Saving Lee. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of guards, you know, point of attack defenders. Uh, we could always bring McKinley right back to, you know, maybe a Ty Jerome. Teo Maladon's an interesting guy, but he's a restricted free agent. Um, It'll be interesting, you know, Dwayne Washington Jr., a guy we always talk about, Jared Butler. There's a lot of different dudes at the end of this list that are definitely, you know, under the umbrella of consideration but should not be uh, prioritized as, you know, the main sort of dudes for the Mavericks. So um, what, we'll just see how that, that kind of goes out. But those are all the guards I think uh, the Mavericks would definitely be worth considering. Let's go ahead and, you know, without further ado, divulge into these forwards. Chris Milton, I think fully – I expect to sign, re-sign with Milwaukee, same as Draymond Green. Now, obviously, those would be dream scenarios, but it uh, just doesn't seem like we're going to have the wherewithal or money to pull that off, nor did I expect us to. Jeremy Grant, I, I think he definitely probably returns to Portland, but if their situation does go haywire and the you know, the sort of feeling around trading Dame is uh, uh, an increasing notion all of a sudden, then, I mean, definitely you know look out for that, but uh, the Mavericks would have to you know, probably facilitate a sign and trade. It would be a sticky scenario. He definitely is not just going for the full MLE. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly how they would pull that off, but it's interesting to monitor. Kyle Kuzma is a guy that's definitely going to command more than the Mavericks are willing to pay. But I mean, there were some sprinkles uh, of uh, sort of interest there. I would love him in Dallas. I mean, he's a decent defender, but I mean, he's, uh, you know, one of the more non one dimensional wings can, is almost a three-level score to an extent uh, in terms of the way he played in Washington. Uh, will be 28 for all of next year. Uh, I would not be opposed to it at all, but, I mean, the right – it would have to be the right scenario. I don't even know if Kyrie could necessarily come back and that still be facilitated. So a guy to, you know, keep an eye on, but definitely not a guy that's likely to end up in Dallas when he has other teams probably willing to throw him a, a, a bigger bag. Kelly Oubre Jr., is a guy that, you know, has not broke some of the tendencies that 
have sort of obstructed him from becoming, uh, you know, you know, really coming into his true potential. But I mean, he is a decent starter level wing that, you know, is long and plays decent defense. If he could figure it out, you know, he's 27 and a half at this stage in his career. Uh, maybe there's a sort of maturation that's gone on there in terms of, you know, accepting his place as a role player. Um, I'd look at him. I think he could go maybe for definitely less than MLE money, but uh, it'll see what the mark. We'll see what the market is for him. He's an interesting personality too, but he's, you know, he's not the first uh, guy I'd like, you know, despite, all the, um, I guess, issues, you know, with uh, some of the things he says to the media and things like that. I think Dylan Brooks would be an interesting option for the Mavericks at that MLE number. Now, it does seem as if he's kind of poised to go elsewhere, but definitely not a guy the Mavericks can neglect. I think he would, um, you know, boast a lot of value um, to our roster as a, you know, 3 and D dude. Um, but there are better guys, better options. Um, you know, but if we were to, you know, do multiple wings, go that route, um, bring in Dylan Brooks and maybe another wing, then I'd be a lot more keen to that. But if he's the sole MLE signing, um, definitely maybe going to be scratching my head a little bit. Jay Crowder on a cheaper deal, given he's 33 and I, you know, have not been too impressed with his, you know, how the last season sort of ended up panning out with him, you know, after he demanded that trade essentially went to Milwaukee for almost like five second round picks and then like didn't play. I mean, I'd be interested, uh, especially to add a veteran wing, um, you know, uh, especially if you're adding him an aggregate with another, uh, another wing, this free agency. But like I said, uh, he's not the guy that you're throwing all the money at with the MLE here. Maybe the biannual exception would be a little bit more applicable with the Mavericks end up retaining that. Uh, I, I don't think the Mavericks are going to be looking at Dario Saric. Torian Prince, I could definitely see the Mavericks pull the trigger on for the right price after uh, Minnesota declined his team option. Hopefully not the full MLE, but I mean, to add a, a surefire, you know, 29-year-old veteran wing, good 3 and D guys, a little one-dimensional, but, uh, you know, to shore up the wing rotation a little bit, especially if the Mavericks got one or two other guys, I'd love him here. Um, Rui Hachimura, I think, is re-signing in, you know, LA. Joe Ingles probably going to re-sign with the Bucks, or, you know, maybe on another contender, but... I, I, he's the sort of fringe dude that I, I just don't think the Mavericks are in play for given he's one of those guys that you, you know, almost kind of view as not a ring chaser, but uh, a guy at this stage after having been shipped off the, off the jazz is definitely kind of just, you know, look, looking to contribute to, to winning basketball and maybe not a guy that views the Mavericks situation as the most surefire um, instance to be able to, to do that for sure. So I don't know about him. Tory Craig, I mean, on a very cheap deal, I'd like to be a veteran wing, but other things, you know, have to be taken into account first. Um, Cam Reddish would be a good prospective flyer to take, uh, to take, uh, to take on, and I, I would be really be interested in his fit with the Mavericks, despite um, the wildly inconsistent career he'd have. It'd be funny to see how the Mavericks would ultimately, you know, at that point, end up getting the number tenth pick that they ended up trading to Atlanta to, to move up to get Luca in exchange for Trey young in the uh, subsequent following year of 2019 uh, that ended up becoming Cam Reddish. Um, he's very dynamic in terms of his ability to get to the rim is a very skilled player. It's just the consistency with him and, you know, putting in consistent defensive effort. So I, I would like to, to monitor that, but um, like I said, not, not the leader in the clubhouse in terms of guys that you're handing the full MLE money to, over a guy like a, a Bruce Brown, for instance, right? 
Um, Jeff Green, I mean, I, I think he's probably poised to return to the Nuggets just given his age and the fact that they just won a championship. But look, I mean, if he if he's willing to come here, I think his championship experience would be invaluable. I still think he has a lot of juice to his game. He's a good defensive player, really good cutter, pretty good shooter, could add a lot to this team off the bench um, for the right price. But uh, I don't know if he'd be willing to come here. I don't even know if I want to talk about Miles Bridges. He is a restricted free agent, but I mean, I haven't even really heard much on the front of exactly what his market is or anything like that. If he even is going to be playing next year. So I mean, if we see more details about the investigation with him and his legal troubles coming to fruition, then I mean, sure. But I, until then I'm, I'm definitely putting him on standby and he's not going to be under the umbrella of consideration for me at least. Justice Winslow is an interesting sort of, you know, taller ball handler that, you know, projects well defensively, but as, you know, obviously suffered throughout his career and not really reached his potential because of his lack of a jump shot. But at the tail end of a rotation, you know, he's a, he is only 27. Why not take a shot on him? Uh, Georges Niang, Derek Jones Jr., two other guys that, you know, add completely different skill sets. One, you know, and Derek Jones Jr. being really athletic, good defender, Niang being a, you know, surefire sort of, sort of three point uh guy not necessarily you know the the typical three and d um prolific sort of um archetype but he is a guy that is a good team defender has a high basketball iq so uh he's not just a, a complete l on defense i would be you know, i consider both of those guys for the right price but you know you're not throwing the bag at them you know, PJ Washington will be a restricted free agent. I would love him. I mean, I think that he could solve a ton of issues for the Mavericks. You know, he's only almost 25. He'd be great to add to the young core. I just don't think that they're going to have the money to get him, especially with Charlotte's ability to match whatever offer sheets there. Uh, Kevin Knox, I'm just not really too high on. He hasn't really showed much promise to me in his uh, five seasons in the league. But I mean, sure, if, you know, he gets a training camp invite or they take a flyer on him after free agency's there, I mean, you know, obviously Grant Williams would be a great guy with the MLE, but I'm seeing a, a growing sort of sense that he's going to return to Boston. The Mavericks were obviously in rumors with him. I would love Grant Williams on in Dallas again, like PJ Washington. I think he would solve a ton of issues. He's only 24, not even going to turn 25 for about another half year. Uh, he, he'd be a dream fit scenario, would probably start day one, but, uh, you know, can cover up a lot of defensive lapses, uh, both on the wing and a little bit from, uh, not necessarily maybe a rim protection standpoint from, but from his ability to guard up a little bit with his size, uh, he he'd be a dream fit. But I just don't know if he'd be, um, if that's actually going to come into fruition as free agency gets closer and closer. Um, Darius Baisley is a guy maybe worth taking a flyer on. Um, he's only twenty three, just turned twenty three. He's a lot younger than people think. I mean, he came into the league at what eighteen? I I can't remember what the situation was. I don't remember. I don't think he played in college though. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd consider him, um, but he's definitely not, um, you know, worthy of throwing more than a few million at or something like that. Michael Green, uh, really good role player, really good backup wing, even though he's 33. I would love his fit here uh, in the same vein as I kind of talked about Jeff Green. He just is that sort of savvy veteran wing with really good size, can play a little small ball five, um, can defend threes and fours really well. You know, he's obviously going to have some switchability issues when tasked with guarding smaller guards, but he's a lot more athletic than people think. Uh, I noticed from a few games last year, so I'd love him at the back half of the rotation uh, for the right price. Um, but I do think the Mavericks need to prioritize, you know, finding a guy to sign with the MLE that's worth it before they do that. Um, Trey Lyles, I mean, I, that this is a guy that 
you know, look, uh, is a decent uh, weak side rim protector, also a really good, um, you know, sort of uh, guy that can stretch the floor on offense. He's like 6'10", 6'11", but can also is fairly quick footed. is not a terrible guy uh, in terms of being able to defend threes and fours. I, I would like him for, um, you know, especially I, I don't think he'll command full MLE money. He kind of just sort of revitalized his career in Sacramento. I, I do think he's probably poised to return there on a decent deal, but I would not hate his fit whatsoever. Um, that would, I'd be very keen to it. In fact, um, not Jaden McDaniels, but Jalen McDaniels, uh, definitely one of the, uh, guys in terms of the flyer category that I would be most keen to adding to the Mavericks. He's only 25, not as holistic and complete of a game as his brother, um, in terms of being, you know, a really dynamic wing that can, um, that has that ability to attack off the closeout, get to the rim and score at a moment's notice, um, you know, we talk a lot about Omax or New Maverick, uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper, who who kind of has that sort of toolbox that we think one day could maybe evolve into a Jaden McDaniels uh, from the Timberwolves. Um, but his older brother and Jalen off the Sixers uh, really didn't play as much for them. Um, you know, he was at the back half of their rotation in the playoffs. But I do think if he had a little size, you know, I still think he could, given he's only 25. I still think there is a little room for development there. He projects to be you know a really good role player, could just be as good at as his brother if he's able to uh, tune up and um, you know sort of fine tune some of the intricacies of his game but um, you know I, I'm not throwing the full MLE at him he hasn't proved that much to me especially uh, given he's not you know the most young guy on the planet but uh, for the right price you know maybe five six million if you want to consolidate and divvy up the MLE into two or three different guys uh, I, I think I would really like him, especially if the Mavericks, you know, lose out on like a Kyrie and, you know, God forbid, of course, but they have to go a little bit younger or if the Mavericks just, you know, end up going younger, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, I, I would at least like them to get a few young guys to to at least have promise. If that's the scenario, the direction that they, they pick to choose, I, I would at least like them to go full fledged in that direction sort of operate instead of, you know, just kind of operating on the fringes of, mediocrity like they kind of have other guys on this list there's not too many guys that you know i'd be more keen to you know to adding um and giving up more than you know a, a few million or just taking a flyer on them but i'll definitely mention a few names o'shea Brissett would be a interesting sort of um you know big that can guard down a little bit but it's also a decent rim protector really active rick carlisle liked him a lot Trent Watford, who recently got released, uh, I believe today by the Blazers. Um, or, you know, I can't remember the team or a player option, but he declined it. He's a free agent after only two seasons, only 22. He's a promising wing, but he definitely has a lot of, um, you know, work to do on both sides of the ball to an extent. But his his length and his size are are pretty solid, and he, he has shown some flashes that look pretty good. I would be interested in him. Uh, other guys... Uh, maybe Terrence Ross if THJ leaves in some sort of trade and we need to shore up the scoring a little bit, but definitely not the first option. I know he was tossed around at the uh, trade deadline, or not the trade deadline, but the buyout market, of course, and ended up signing with the Suns. I think he probably ends up going back there on like a minimum contract or something like that. Um, Anthony Lamb is an interesting guy from the Warriors. That's a decent 3 and D dude. I would, I'd like to take a flyer on him. He's like 25. He just really hasn't. Was He's played well in the G League. Um, you know, had some issues in terms of his college career and some allegations there. But I mean, so long as he's moved past that, um, I'd be interested in taking a flyer on him uh, for the right price. 
um, but not another guy that, you know, we're throwing the bag at here. Other than that, you know, the, the, the marketive isn't really too lucrative in terms of other wings. Like you're looking at, um, you know, guys that have in the past, maybe their name has been tossed around in terms of having potential, but you know, they haven't really panned out at the NBA level. Like, you know, Mifiondu Cabangeli from the, you know, Clippers, uh, Julian, uh, Champagny, uh, Matt Ryan, Louis King, you know, just a few other names to maybe look out for, like for like training camp invites or something like that. But I, I doubt anything um, more than that, or maybe a, a minimum contract. Um, lastly, let's go ahead and look at the center pool. Now that this obviously isn't too extensive, uh, too deep and, um, you know, but we, we got to do our due diligence here and uh, evaluating uh, all these different dudes. Now the Mavericks are, are pretty limited in terms of what uh, they can do, especially given that they're probably not going to resign Christian Wood. Funny enough, Christian Wood actually is slated as the third um, best center in free agent in free agency per uh, Spotrack, which is interesting, but the two guys ahead of him that I would be worth, um, you know, even considering for the Mavericks, or I guess three um, that I, I'd, I'd be willing to consider, uh, probably going to be Mason Plumley, Brooke Lopez, and Jakob Pertle. With Lopez and Plumley, and I did not even know Mason Plumley was this old. He's been in the league for ten years and is thirty-three. He's a really good, like sort of switchable five. Is still pretty uber athletic. Um, kind of what Dwight Powell would be defensively if he had length uh, and you had the ability to flip his hips. Uh, has that sort of body style. Is a good rebounder. Uh, doesn't really give you too much else, but would be a really good um stopgap you know measure starter but I, I I think the Clippers seem sort of poised to to bring him back so uh there have been rumors of uh you know Evita Zubac being on the uh the trade market that's a guy to definitely monitor uh, in terms of the Mavericks really, you know want to bring in a, a big a bigger body center now he doesn't necessarily solve all the rim protection woes but you know he is a bigger body he's not a terrible rim protector um especially if you know you're able to you know, play lively 20 minutes a game and you still get the output, uh, the offensive and, you know, rebounding output of a Zubach and you're able to, you know, sort of rotate his minutes to where he's not getting played off the floor all too often. Um, I mean, I'd be really interested in him trade-wise because uh, the Clippers have a lot of different options, especially with this James Harden thing uh, potentially coming into fruition uh, to where they may have to consolidate salary elsewhere. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on. I've heard some stuff about Valanchunas as well uh, from the Pelicans. Uh, so those bigger body centers that, you know, are daunting, uh, you know, when somebody's trying to score downhill on them, but maybe necessarily don't have the most insane verticality uh, and athleticism, even though they're huge and have good length. Um, if, you know, the, Ma- the Mavericks got a guy like that, who's that good offensively um, and rebounding wise, um, you know, may have to play some drop coverage and um, not getting, you know, the most switchable, not the best rim protector, but definitely not, you know, too much of a slouch. Uh, definitely, I think Zubach is a little better than Valanciunas, but both of those guys definitely keep on the the, the monitoring market if the Mavericks are to still look for a center. Um, but as Mark Stein reported, they may not be. So we'll see. Brooke Lopez, you know, I mean, this is a guy that was almost a defensive player of the year candidate last year. I'm hesitant to give him the full MLE because he is 35, and I just don't know how much more years he's willing to play. Um, but if it's, you know, three years or under, I mean, you got to consider it, man, because uh, – you know, Milwaukee does have his bird rights. I, I think that they would probably uh, like to bring him back for sure. Um, but I mean, if you could snag him at a decent figure, um, you know, especially anything under the MLE, you you got to take that. And 
you know, use him as the veteran, you know, center to, you know, bridge the gap till Derek Lively's ready. I, I just don't think the Mavericks will be in play for him. Another guy that I think will probably resign with Toronto, especially given they traded for him is Jakob Pertl. Um, But if he um, somehow, uh, you know, is not too keen as to the money that they're wanting to give him, or he, you know, is preferential to not paying state income taxes, wants to go back to Texas, um, you know, not necessarily San Antonio, but Dallas, if that somehow were to happen, I would give him the full MLE for sure. He's not even 28 yet. He, you know, he, he gives you three, you know, surefire years of a really good uh, starting center. That's getting a little bit better offensively every year. Um, you know, not a guy that, you know, is ever going to probably evolve into an all-star, but can still be uh, a really good starting center who um, offensive game is, you know, a little less one dimensional as career goes on. It's a little getting a little bit better at, ceiling and posting up and, and still being a really good lob threat and great rim protector. I would love him here. He he's one of the guys I would throw the whole MLD at for sure. Um, but you know, we'll just have to see how that situation um, goes. Another guy that, you know, is not a big man, but I kind of forgot to mention uh, in the sort of news roundup, Harrison Barnes uh, is, is poised to, to go back to Sacramento. You resign on an extension, but if you listen to our last, last podcast, I was definitely keen to getting him on the MLE, but Fortunately, it doesn't just seem like that's going to happen. Dwight Powell is the fifth less, uh, listed center on Spotrack in terms of, uh, you know, the highest rated free agent center. So that's something uh, that's that's pretty pretty interesting there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not mad about him coming back, but I mean, um, you know, there are some younger centers on here I definitely think are worth taking a flyer on, but the Mavericks can't go into camp with too many centers. So it's all going to be dependent on if they end up giving, you know, maybe Maxi up in a trade. They somehow let Dwight Powell walk or some other events sort of transpire here because these guys just may not be re as realistic as some of those wings and point of attack defenders, even though uh, the Mavericks still sorely do need a rim protector or just some more rim protection to shore up the rotation. Paul Reed is a guy that showed a lot of promise for the 76ers last year. I would be really be interested in him as a, uh, as a guy who can also kind of guard down. He's not necessarily uh, a tried and true big man, but he is kind of, you know, fairly similar to Maxi, but he's only 24, a little bit maybe more athletic at this stage in his career than Maxi is uh, as as currently uh, stands, you know, after that hamstring tear and, you know, getting older and stuff like that. I, I would really take a, a hard eye at him. He is a restricted free agent. I think Philadelphia is definitely poised to try to retain him on a on a smaller deal, um, not not a smaller deal than he already has, but, you know, a uh, uh, Team team friendly sort of contract, just given the market for him, I don't think it's too huge. But I mean, I, I would definitely uh, look twice at him if he's still available in free agency, and you're looking at to sure out your roster. And maybe the Mavericks have gave up another big man. Um, other guys, you know, Jock Landell, Drew Eubanks, Thomas Bryant, Bismack Biombo, Chemezi Metu. I mean, even Kevin Love, you know, Blake Griffin, you know, Mo Wagner. All guys that, you know, are good rotation big men, but they don't have that, you know, really, I guess, except in Biombo's case, but he's so offensively limited that it almost kind of makes it counterintuitive. They just don't have that defensive pop that I, I think is worthwhile in terms of adding yet another center to the Mavericks. Jackson Hayes, unrestricted free agent. The Pelicans do have his bird rights. He's a rim protector um, as well as a guy. I mean, that's kind of played on the wing for the Pelicans a little bit, given some of the uh, weird log jams that they've had at the big man position. But I mean, he's definitely a perspective sort of flyer to take a look at on. I mean, he, he's a guy who still has a lot of potential given he's only 23. He's been in the league for a few years, of course, but 
I don't think the door is completely shut on him. He has had some weird, um, you know, kind of issues arise throughout his NBA career. But, um, you know, if, if the Mavericks want to take another flyer and, you know, bring in another big, young big man, I, I would be keen to adding him for the right price, but just not, you know, uh, in terms of, of overpaying him or something like that. Uh, I think that that uh, would be um, malpractice on the Mavericks part. So uh, definitely a guy to look at, but, um, you know, probably more towards the back half of free agency um, when the Mavericks are, you know, looking to to fill out the, the back half of their roster. Omar Yurtsaven is a guy that is in that sort of Jackson Hayes range, not as athletic, but still a really good rim protector, good rim runner, probably a better rebounder is a little bit more of a, you know, sort of tried and true five, but he showed a little bit promise in terms of, uh, you know, sort of face up post up game uh, with the heat as he's kind of riddled with injuries last, last year. But I mean, he's a guy that um, has, has shown promise throughout decent, you know, dunk junctures throughout his career. He just hasn't really got the consistency in Miami. Uh, his agency is poised to find a pretty good deal for him. He's only 25, just turned 25. Uh, I'd love him uh, to be added to the center rotation, but of course, you know, that it's all conducive to it. The Mavericks um, keep the current whole center rotation, or if they uh, expend upon it a little bit. Other than that, I mean, you're you're kind of looking at just fringe guys here, like a Dwayne Dedman, like Willie Cauley-Stein, Hernan Gomez, DeAndre Jordan, Myers Leonard, like Robin Lopez, you know, Boban, you know, Nemius Keita, Tristan Thompson, even Mo Bamba. Um, I, I'll, he's a, a guy that, I mean, you definitely would, you know, be inclined to take a flyer on given he's only 25 could still add a little bit more potential, but he hasn't developed as much as you, you know, you'd like in his NBA career. Um, but you know, recently got his player team option declined. I, I believe so. You know, I mean, if he per, he, he'd be interesting to to come in and compete with Lively and stuff and has insane measurables, but things haven't really panned out as much as we've wanted for him. But, I mean, you never know how a change of scenery could impact a guy, especially given he, you know, just left Orlando for L.A., um, was, you know, had to kind of be in a weird sort of spot there with Anthony Davis. I, I, I wouldn't hate him, the Mavericks taking a flyer on him. But, you know, some of the other guys I listed right before him, uh, you know, those older big men, I mean, I, I just don't know if they add enough um to the Mavericks unless they're on a sort of veteran mentorship role and even then I think the Mavericks just have enough big men to where it would make their fit redundant but I mean you never know right so um I mean that kind of you know wraps it up we we essentially kind of went through all the free agents now obviously there are a few names you know via trade especially big men that have been tossed around in the rumor mill that we definitely need to um, you know, monitor going forward, especially DeAndre Ayton. You know, we talked ad nauseum about his sort of fit with the Mavericks, but I mean, look, if you can get a guy that can be a potential top five center on any given night who, you know, is a really good post-up player, really good face-up player, really good rebounder, great rim protector when he's dialed in, you do that 10 times out of 10 um, if you're still able to keep the full MLE, but there obviously is some risk involved with Ayton. Um, He's a bit of a sort of... I don't know how to describe his personality, um, maybe a rigid personality. Um, you know, we've seen him maybe potentially have some locker room issues in Phoenix. We, you know, his, how, how committal he is to basketball has been questioned, but I mean, uh, given the right deal, they got to pull the trigger on that. I've, I've seen the anonymous guy on Twitter, of course, throughout cat to Dallas. I just, uh, it just doesn't seem realistic for me, but if something crazy like that ends up happening, I mean, shit, like, you know, at that point, um, like we would just have to see exactly what the outgoing deal was on that. Um, but I, I don't even really want to divulge into that in terms of something that is, is 
seriously noteworthy and until you know we even see any you know credible rumor on that front um in, t- in terms of other rumors um other guys the the Mavericks could um uh, maybe be in the neighborhood to to trade for um it, it is kind of looking somewhat thin around the margins um you know just other big men um on you know decently um you know applicable contracts that aren't going to to you know obstruct the team too much if you know if the Mavericks could somehow maybe swing a trade for a Mitchell Robinson or a guy of like that caliber around that like 10 million dollar range I don't even know exactly what the ramifications of his contract are or anything like that I would need to look that up but like I'm not even really saying necessarily him but I mean guys in that sort of fringe um you know not I wouldn't say fringe starter range but you know good solid starters but um definitely not um you know fringe all-star tier uh well under that um that are in that like 10 to 12 million dollar range I I you know always look at the Mavericks to uh, maybe me making a move around the margins there to add that surefire starting center. I mean, we've heard the reports, but we don't know what's actually going on beyond beyond the scenes. Uh, we don't know if you know what Mark Stein's getting is completely a smokescreen. There's a lot of things that come out this time of year, and it's an exciting time of year. I, I am at the edge of my seat to see exactly what happens over the next uh 24 hours. So I, I really can't wait to get to it. It's been a fun episode covering everybody. Um, you know, Miles Turner. I I didn't even mention that, but he liked a tweet uh regarding JJ Reddick talking about how the type of center the Mavericks need um, in Dallas on his podcast. And he basically gave a perfect sort of accurate descriptor for Miles Turner. So, I mean, I would love that. Like, I mean, that that is the idealistic uh, sort of um, stop gap measure center uh, that the Mavericks should bring in, but also, you know, still definitely, uh, you know, has all-star potential um, as he's entering the prime of his career. I believe he'll be 27, 28, but I mean, Indiana would have to commit to going in a different direction, would have to be really confident in Jarius Walker potentially uh, getting some minutes down at the five, would, would have to really like, um, you know, the the backup big man situation there, um, you know, with some of the younger guys. Um, if they really are looking at more of a, a sort of retool, I mean, maybe it's under uh, consideration. I know Miles Turner would probably love to be in Dallas, and I would love it just as much as him. Uh, and, you know, especially if the Mavericks will pull it off, but I, I just don't know how much smoke um, is coming out of the smoke bomb with the the Miles Turner um, rumors uh, to Dallas, if you even want to call them rumors as much as it's just um, just out there on the Internet. You know, the fact that he liked that tweet. But I, I mean, if they could somehow pull that off and that's just all going on beyond the scenes and Indiana is willing to trade him, a, um, do a sign and trade, take back the white pal and you know, maybe sure up some other areas of their roster instead and, you know, just don't value the rim protection like that. I mean, uh, that is that is a dream scenario. But, you know, we can only see what happens. Uh, we're only so limited in what we can actually, you know, hope and pray to happen. So let's just see what happens going forward. I hope the Mavericks don't screw this up. But uh, revision, revisionist history would tell us that they will, even though they did have a really good draft. I mean, let's hope – I'm going to give Nico the benefit of the doubt that he can – you know, forward the, the, the momentum here and uh, have a good free agency and uh, trade period. And I mean, we'll be back almost every night, uh, really until news stops coming out. Um, there's no doubt about that, but definitely weary in the le- leading hours coming up to it. Um, that history could repeat itself in this Kyrie Irving situation when, uh, given what happened with Jalen Brunson last year. So I am, uh, I'm pretty nervous. Let's just see what happens. I, I don't really got anything else 
for you guys. And we need to all be praying in a circle outside the AAC on a, on a big Mavericks towel, uh, doing some sort of ritualistic endeavor to, to better our chances at this off season going well, as I've seen kind of tossed around on Twitter, that, that that's all we can do guys. Um, uh, but this has been Will with the mainstream mass podcast. Free agency is in T minus two hours and 18 minutes. And I've, I've never wanted uh, to honestly kind of just ball up in a corner and, uh, you know, just hibernate until it's over. Uh, then, then I, then I sort of do right now, but I mean, man, um, there, there's only so much we can do. Like I keep saying, so I will stop repeating myself and go ahead and end the podcast here. It's been a fun one and I'm very anxious to see what's going to happen. Um, but of course, you know, everything will have to play itself out. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at mainstream 214 to get updates on all our podcasts, all our thoughts surrounding moves as they happen. Um, we'll be posting, you know, I'll be up on my phone all day with all this free agency stuff coming out. Believe that. Uh, make sure to obviously, if you know, if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe on the video would mean a lot to us. Um, and also, you know, you can find us on YouTube at Mainstream Mass Podcast. I don't even know how I forgot to mention that. Comment down below what you think the Mavericks are going to do day one of free agency. Will they re-sign Kyrie Irving? Will they not? All that good stuff. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, make sure to give us a five-star rating. Turn on those post notifications. Give us a good review. We would really appreciate uh, appreciate it. If you guys are loyal listeners of the podcast and, uh, you know, do want to give us that sort of time of day. If not, um, we even accept... Uh, constructive feedback we are not limited in, in our uh in our you know self-improvement we we want to take whatever tidbits and and um advice you guys have so if you want to critique us and you don't even enjoy us and you just want to um shed a dim light upon us and slander us on the internet then hey that's your prerogative if it's even somewhat constructive then i'll, I'll probably at least take a look at it and respond to you and uh you know in, in uh in a sort of proclamation to get better so that's that's what we do around here we um are not limited to anybody's opinions on the mainstream mass podcast we love interacting with you guys please interact with us more on twitter as we try to grow our twitter back up after i got hacked it's been a tough uh sort of scenario since then but you know it, it's been a fun build up and we've been getting out a lot of podcasts leading up to this so the anticipation's uh been there for for months on end since the season ended now we're just gonna have to see how it goes uh, praying for the best. Will with the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. Signing out. Peace out, guys.